I had amazing piratical thoughts about your grandma. <laughs> hey, so that was uh, a great conversation. We just got out of the studio with Joel Marsh Garland, and we just finished talking D&D and his uh, many roles and uh, interesting parts on Orange is the New Black and The Last OG, and he's just about to leave to go to Australia to film the new Joe Exotic limited series. Yeah, he's on Broadway in Of Mice and Men. He's been in a bunch of off-Broadway plays. He's an old friend of mine, and it was really nice to have him here and laugh with us. Yeah, we had we had a we had a great time. We hope you'll join us. Uh, stick around. We talk D and D. We talk storytelling, and uh, it was a lot of fun. I'm Phaedra L. Casey, and I'm Eric Jensen, and welcome to Bard Quest, Quest Empire. Empire. Uh, I figured today, since we have our special guest here, in light of what he's doing. I want to introduce us like this, and hey there all you cool tabaxi cats and kittens, and welcome to Bard Quest Empire, the show where dungeons and dragons and storytelling intersect, and we talk all kinds of good stuff. I'm here with my co-host, Eric, Eric Jensen. Oh, I'm sorry, yeah. That's, Hi. Yeah, yeah. That's, I that's, didn't, that's you. <laughs> no. And I'm here with my amazing, talented co-host, uh, Phaedra Alcasey, and uh, today we are coming to you mostly from Brooklyn, under the shadow of the BQE, designed and built using eminent domain by the notorious Robert Moses. Uh, I'll, I'll explain it later. We're going to take a deep dive into becoming characters, creating characters, you know, plotting storylines. And we're going to take some of our cues. We're going to hopefully have some of the best storytellers in the industry. And we're going to all talk about all this all through the lens of Dungeons and Dragons. To me, when I started playing Dungeons and Dragons when I was a little kid, right, yeah. my, my mother's second husband, my first stepfather, I had a couple of stepfathers. So my, my mother's second husband taught me how to play when I was like eight years old. Oh, my God. Yeah, very wow. good, right? And like we went, I went through that phase in high school afterward, you know, later because I had been played by high school. I'd been playing for what, like 11 years. So in high school, when we would play, it would be like up all night, drinking like heavy amounts of caffeine, playing little bits of Nintendo, and then like playing Dungeons and Dragons. But it was like Dungeons and Dragons where you were like, oh, and now we fight like the worst dragon in the monster manual so we can get all that treasure so we can write things down on our sheets. It was math. It was yeah. math. It, it was, was basically like math, advanced math with, with dragons and or, fantasy elements, right? Yeah, <laughs> or like God codes on video games are yeah, now, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I beat the video game because yeah. I put it, you know, I got up, 100%. Up, down, and like people who 100% of dungeons back then the way we 100% like Assassin's Creed and I, I mean it was an analog video game. it's kind of uh, in that way you know expands the imagination in a, in a bigger way probably but there's all kinds of studies about people who play video games and do all this kind of imaginary work having like bigger hippocampuses i don't know how that works yeah, well out, i mean like, like you know i mean I, I always thought that computers would evolve people in a way it's devolved us in other ways but you know when i was a kid the with the pen and the paper and the whole the this and the that this was like finding out about punk rock in like 1975 or six when were you a kid well i was a kid i was a kid i was, a kid. I was in the 80s i was an 80s kid so i came I. to D, D in the 80s yeah so we're it's the same age yeah. Well, I don't know that we're the same well, age. Well, not the same age. But, but I like the idea that you, for a minute, I thought you found punk rock in the 70s, and I was like, Jesus Christ. No, no, no. like a two-year-old no. prodigy. No, I actually discovered punk rock when I was 12, because my I went to live with, my parents got divorced, I went to live with my cousin Al, and he had a Rolling Stone Cream magazine, and he had a Telecaster guitar, and he loved The Clash. Oh, okay. So, so I did, right around that time, I discovered D&D. My parents got divorced. I started doing community theater, and I, and I discovered... Like also known rock. as the trauma starter kit. Yeah, it was like <laughs> great. My my introduction to punk rock was a hundred percent Repo Man. Repo Man. hundred percent. What the what's on the soundtrack of Repo Man? Everything. I haven't heard, like, really? You, wait, you don't know the? Soundtrack? I don't know the soundtrack. To me, the of soundtrack. Repo of Repo I've only Repo seen it once. Repo Man is uh it's got Black Flag, Suicidal Tendencies, Circle Jerk. Shit. Don't you? Re so there's a moment in. Have you seen Repo Man? Yeah, once. They walk through. Harry um, Dean Stanton, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. They're walking okay, through yeah. a club and the band is playing and they're like, oh yeah, man, I remember when this band was good. That band is the Circle Jerks. Holy shit. Yeah. They're I in Repo Man. I had no idea. Well, I mean, maybe today, today's song, most Dungeons and Dragons song ever. What would you say is the most Dungeons and Dragons Circle Jerks song? Are you familiar with their no, catalog? No, no, I can't. <laughs> Circle Jerks we got to really be careful with phrasing here. Come on. Hang on. I mean, it? I was a child. Oh, God. <laughs> Do and circle uh, I mean, I mean, you know, do you? I mean, are it's you mostly been alone? Uh, what again? I not the circle jerking. <laughs> it's mostly been alone. Yeah.
Okay, there we I, I It's Fager, you're on the buttons. This is like the morning zoo or something. Uh, welcome with Wally and the Beaver. <laughs> but I rem there was that phase of video games around that time too. Like I would say later 80s, not not late 80s, but like 85, 86, 80s, 80, like 87, 88. Yeah. Where like Bard's Tale was like, oh. what the fuck is that? Right, and it was like brand new. Nobody had ever heard of this thing. Where it's like basically role playing in a video game context. Yeah, and that yeah. just blew up. But it was the it genre. was a, but I mean you know like it was it was a subculture for a minute. Like yeah. because you you found out through these things through word of mouth and through like maybe magazines. Magazines occasionally, were big, but, but there yeah. were no D and D TV commercials. No, in the, in the, the, when, when did the when cartoon happen? Because that was like that what? happened. That happened 80s, in the right? early eighties. Was that like yeah. 83, 84? 83, 84. Was that before the Satanic Panic? Um, well, I mean, do you want to hear my Dungeons and Dragons origin story? Eighty five. Eighty five was the worst okay. year. Wait, what? Which number podcast is this? The, you're our first guest. You're our first. Oh, guest. that's terrible we, for we, you. Actually, you're our second guest. <laughs> no, you're our second guest. We interviewed Jessica Blank the other day, but she's like, you know. No, this is good because yeah. now sleeping with the host. Yeah, I'm sleeping with. <laughs> sleeping with one of the it's, guests. It, yeah, but for a while. <laughs> I mean, it's kind been of a, actually during yeah, the pandemic we celebrated our 20th anniversary. Can you believe that? I cannot believe that. I knew, but I've known you. I knew you from before that, though. Right? You, before 20 years ago? Yeah. What? When did we meet? I don't know who I've known longest in this room. It might be Zach. It's probably Zach. 2001. Late 2001. Yeah, because yeah, I worked for Zach. But, right. Okay. But you started acting in. When, when did you? I made my first movie in the city. I made my first movie in the city in 90. Well, it was released in 99, so it was in 98 when I got here. Maybe I just feel like I know you because you're in everything. But we've also been in the same audition rooms a yeah, ton yeah, of times. Yeah. And when you guys did the show downtown, uh, The Exonerated, mm -hmm. uh, one of my friends was like, I think he was uh, Garen Marshall. Do you remember Garen? Maybe. I think he did electrical work on that back then. I'm trying to remember. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I think he was down there at the time. He was still working in theater at the time. So I knew about what you guys were up oh, to right back on. then because I had friends who were doing tech on that. Between us, we have how many how many years of storytelling? Storytelling, probably probably more than fifty, which makes me feel kind in kind of a way. Um, but we've all the we worked oldening. in film, theater, and TV the industry. Old. When do you start counting it? Do you start counting from like your professional debut or from like kindergarten like class plays? clown years? No, well, no, no, but like plays. Professional in debut for me. Like I did community theater when I was a kid, but that's like you know that was formative and it was great. Sure. But like my first gig was like, yeah, that's like when I count. Like when I got my card for me. When you, you got which card? From uh, SAG card. The SAG first card, moment yeah. when you knew to start acting normal. <laughs> I, I counted from the moment I met Zach. Well, and obviously we get to work with cool people like uh, Joel Marsh Garland, who is here with us today. Uh, you know him from Oranges of the New Black, uh, the last OG, and the soon-to-be-filmed Joe Exotic about the infamous Tiger King. Oh, well, I remember that that period of of last year. Well, um, now it's going to be a series, film, it's a limited series, limited yeah. series. Yeah, I, I'll be careful about what I say. I know what they've released in the press and all. Yeah. I'll try to be careful. Okay. Don't mind. Well, we might take you on some theoretical journeys with that. I don't know if you're willing, but we might ask you to no. stat some of these characters. No, I'm not willing. Uh, so, so... Uh, <laughs> uh, the safe yes, word is yes, pineapple. No. Well, what is it? Like, not yes and, but yes... <laughs> It's no, uh, that's not no, either. but no, I but is is that the, no, but <laughs> no, but no, it's, yeah. that's the worst improv teacher ever. No, but no, this is an ice cream cone. No, but, no, but, but it, it is. is. <laughs> <laughs> and we're off. And we're, okay. Um, so uh, anyway, you do your shout, our shout out or want to do that later? We'll do the shout out later. Um, uh, we're going to shout out. Well, actually, let me shout them out now because they're great. We're shouting out the 20-sided store, which is located in Williamsburg, Brooklyn. They're a locally owned D&D &D store and uh, gaming store. Uh, they're, you know, just a few blocks away from us, and they are an amazing store, and I've, Phaedra and I have both played games there, and they're not sponsors, but they're wonderful people. They and do all the books. They do figurines, dice, there for yeah. your dice clackety-clack addiction. So 20sidedstore.com. Uh, <coughs> shop local. Shop local, yeah. Freaks and um, geeks stick together. But anyway, so you were, you were telling us your Dungeons & Dragons origin story, Joel, and like, um, do you want to, do you want to sort of tell us 
that story? Like, how, like you, you, you were taught. You said your dad taught you. No, not my dad. No, no my, my stepfather. stepfather. <laughs> my my first stepfather. I don't want to get too much into the politics of that because you know that's my mother's life. <laughs> <laughs> we're not here to like talk about my mother's life. Uh, uh, I mean, unless you want. My first stepfather Paging was Doctor Freud. <laughs> I I don't know how old he was. He was he was like uh, I think he was like. 21 he was like a, a, like six years younger than my mom who was young when i was born oh, okay i must have been around seven or eight and he was like 21 22 years old what's he knowing what to do with a seven or an eight year old right so he taught me how to play dungeons and dragons and he had a dungeons dragon group that would meet some of the guys he knew from college and then afterwards they would still get together would you watch would you watch i would watch play? i would try oh, to play wow. i was like involved in the games wow. you know and, and that's how i got my books when i had my books initially Oh, cool! You got them from him. From him. So, yeah. like, what was he? What was he feeding? Was he feeding you fantasy books like sword and sorcery stuff, or well, different stuff? Or? Yeah, he was. He was an aspiring writer. I think he's gone on to be a writer. They they went separate ways. So, I don't uh -huh. know what what he does nowadays. Right. No offense, he was a lovely guy in his own way. Not everything. Well, my God, my poor mother. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> uh, but like he had like a whole collection of stuff he had had when he was a teenager, which wasn't that long before, huh? So there were these games. I don't even remember what the games were. They were like, like, like space games, other role playing games. Wow. Huh. But then I had, you know, he had like the Monster Manual and Advanced Dungeons and Dragons, and I had a basic set from the from Dungeons and Dragons, like the Red Box. The Red Box. The Red, the red box. box was my first the second one too. Edition? That's the second edition. First no, edition. First edition. edition. Keeping the Borderlands. Whoa, legendary. Yeah. Keeping the Borderlands. So I had the I had the Red Box, and then I had um. You know the monster manual with the unicorn on the front and mm -hmm. place of beast inside of it. <laughs> and then I had the the player's handbook. Was it the player's handbook that had the the de the demon with the eye? With the getting, orange and the eye. The, the eye. The, the garnet eyes. Yeah, yeah, that one. I had that one. So that was my introduction. Was the beginning of Advanced Dungeons and Dragons. I am so happy you're here. <laughs> You're, you're making me, I'm like starting to tear up a little bit because I remember I just, these books were just like so important to me, you know, like they, 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 I mean, it's a, it was a whole world that nobody else knew about. Yeah. And I had them in hardcover. And yeah. That. Yeah. Well, do you remember the first module you played? Was it Keep on the Borderlands? I don't think it was a module. You, you just had a, it was a. I think somebody was, was I think he was, he was doing a dungeon, he was dungeon master. He created wow. his own thing. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Cool. And that was that was the norm for me because like having enough money to buy a module, or like going because I was a kid, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. And then when, when you're a kid, I don't know how if you played around that same age, like eight, nine, ten years old. I wasn't that young. I was more like 11, 10, 11. 10, I came, 10, I came 11. to it even later because yeah. I was an immigrant kid. So this was the last thing that I picked up. I was like, <laughs> let me get English and French first. But and there, then I'll but get I mean, to except you, but like... for the except for the library, there wasn't free stuff out there. I mean, like there wasn't stuff you could do online or websites you could go to or whatever. You had to kind of like you know, you had, if you wanted to get something, you had to buy it. Yeah, or you make know? it. Or make it. Yeah. yeah, so for us, it was more making it. Awesome. Which yeah. I think is why we ended up in that, like, when I was a teenager, we're like, how do we get the worst dragon to come fight us, and then we kill it by accident, <laughs> and then we get all the treasure, and then we got the best characters. I'm like, what are you doing? Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, you're creating the whole thing. You're, like, somehow trying to win the game that you've plotted. It's kind of amazing. No, would you, you play, or would you Dungeon yet. Master, or would it, would it switch around? When, when I was little, I would play, but also, like, I, I ended up at this weird boarding school, and it was a way... So for whatever kids also knew about it, you could sort of like play on the fly. You could There's just this... like do a pickup D and D game. Almost. Yeah, but you could do it. You, you could do it without dice. There was a certain right. amount of like storytelling and back and forth and decision making. But there was an element of make it up, uh -huh. you know, and like oh yeah, that worked. If you're dungeon mastering for like five, for like nine year olds, yeah, 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 and you're on the bus. And you're going to Hershey Park or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like oh, making yeah, it up, yeah, yeah, yeah. playing it that Fuck. way. Wow, you played on the bus. That's yeah, that's, that's amazing. That kind of stuff. Dude, that's incredible. That's incredible. I, like, so that in a way though, you were acting. We were inventing. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I never. What's weird is I love acting. Uh huh. But I've never gotten into put the hat on, act like a dwarf, walk around. Well, you don't do cosplay. Sure. You never no, done no, cosplay. No, 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 no. And not even like big characters. Do you do voices stuff. when you're in character or anything never. like that? Nothing? You're just yourself? Yeah, I would be terrible in like celebrity Dungeons and Dragons. No, Everybody no, be I, like, think it's, I think it'd be even better contrast. No, it's, it's doing even the better, voices. no. Like, just, hey, there's Joel. Yeah, that's exactly how it would be. Like, you know, oh yeah, my... my 50th level ninja Wujin uh, <laughs> attacks you with a spell. Are you dead? You know, <laughs> like, no, no I commitment to character at all. I love it. <laughs> 
Was did this happen? What, did you get into acting at roughly the same time, or was it a separate thing entirely, or were you doing it sort of on different tracks, or how did that work? I think it's impossible to say when you're eight years old because, like, my first time on stage in in a capacity like community theater, I think I was four or five. Wow! Like young. My parents, Do you remember that experience? Yeah, I fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like my parents, my parents were going through divorce, but they were going to a like a small college in Connecticut. And they were both studying theater. So uh, if you're going through a divorce and you're studying theater, your kids spend a lot of time. In tech. In tech, yeah, right? <laughs> and they were doing some... I don't know this because I have any children, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sadie, Sadie just played her first game during quarantine. Like, she's she really wow. took to it. She's playing with her friends a little bit now, you know? She's like, yeah, she's into it. Is she DMing or what is she doing? Um... Uh, she is not DMing. I am D- I'm DMing, and she's having a great time. Oh, uh, but I didn't want to interrupt. I wanted. Oh, I'll remember it. It's no, no. my life. No, <laughs> <laughs> no. I mean, it's cool. I mean, it's kids like at that age. But really. my first time on stage, it was like my father was my father. My actual father was part of like a, a like a Christmas concert or something, and he wanted to read some stories, some J.R.R. Tolkien stories, Christmas stories, right? And my sister and I were supposed to come out on stage and just say, "Papa, would you read us a bedtime story?" And then he would read it. We would sit there and listen. So we came out, said the line. He started reading. We both like passed out. We just fell asleep while he was reading J.R. Tolkien's like Christmas stories. And we fell asleep and he had to carry us off stage. And you know, was, his Christmas and I stories have... were good. I didn't like his Ramadan tales. <laughs> <laughs> so that was ama- that's an amazing a- an entry to theater. And like, I'm amazed that you could even like... Well, recall that. That's when did the bug bite you, though? Like, when did you when did you say, "Yeah, I gotta gotta do this thing"? Not until high school. Like, I did it the whole. T- I did all the like plays in school. We moved around, lots of like divorce, messiness, whatever. Switched schools more than you can probably imagine. Maybe not. Maybe you did the same. But we switched schools a lot, dude. Montessori school, public school, boarding school. Are you sure, like, we school. didn't, like, have some kind of... Are, we must be related. Were you? Something. Did you go through the Eye of Hurricane Gloria? I was in the Eye of Gloria. No, I... No, would, okay. but I my, that sounds a tornado. like a dirty band name. It, we did the Minnesota version. It was a tornado over my grandmother's lake. Yeah. I thought... Yeah. I know you said lake. Yeah. But I thought you said leg. <laughs> which I I had amazing piratical thoughts about your grandmother. <laughs> Yar. But, you know, like, the whole time growing up, any play that was going on, if I was at a school, I'd do the play. Right. Or if there was a, later in high school, there was a community theater, kids' community theater. I'd do that and the school. Well, plays. you sing too. So, like, you musicals and stuff too? I, or just I did or back no, then. I yeah, didn't really sing no. back then, but I did do some musicals. Uh huh. Okay, like a teenager cool. does. Right on. And then sometime in high school, I had a, a couple of teachers who thought I was bright enough, but didn't know what I was going to do with myself. And I did a play, and they were like, oh, you should do that. Huh. And so to have high school teachers, like chemistry teachers, be like, you should do that. So I went to college and found a place that I thought um, they had a good program. Uh-huh. And then the teachers there were like, if you want to do this, you can do this. And it was very encouraging. So wow. I've, at a number of points, had really strong encouragement from people I respected. So I was lucky that way. See, I love I love Carnegie Mellon, but at Carnegie Mellon at the time, it was like, if you can't do this, get out of here. <laughs> yeah, I, it, was, it was, I mean, I, it's, I, I love my school and they actually don't have a cut program anymore, but it sort of felt like that. It was sort of like, it felt like being in the army. It, like, it was, I mean, ultimately people were very encouraging, sort of like your last year, but it was like really like rigorous and, and it, it you know, it almost, you know, it, it was hard. I think if you surveyed a lot of theater kids, you'd find that a lot of us had a lot of childhood moving around and like adaptive yeah. stuff like that. There's, yeah. Yeah, I'm absolutely. just like, I just have never heard, I've just, I've just never heard a story that's quite just such a match because, you know, it, 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 you know, storytelling came to me at a time where my life was very disrupted. Yeah. And I, I found it to be a way to understand the world, which is like one of the, which is kind of cool. What's cool about D&D is like you get to create a world and, un, and you really fully come to understand that world. And there's, you know, it's a world of, 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 of certainty in some ways in terms of what you can accomplish. It's the do, rules. But it's, it's like it's all, there's chaos yeah. to it, too. And you have to think on your feet. And I mean, it's a useful tool to kind of help make sense of things. You yeah, know? I think making sense of things is one of those. At that same age, I would. I'm I'm wondering if you have the parallel where you would intake literature. 
Yeah. You would be like, this is a series of books I'm interested in. Oh, yeah. I will read I would the like entire consume series. the whole thing. Yeah. Whatever. Right? Star Wars novels or like, I don't remember what my first fantasy one was. I have a Wheel of Time, maybe something. That's, Lord that of the Rings it, was mine. Maybe it was later. Lord of the Rings, my parents read to me, so I don't get to count that. that okay, that doesn't count. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. I was little. No, it was the Lord of the Rings <laughs> Hobbit, and then it was also this weird book, uh, Aldous Huxley. I discovered Aldous Huxley when I was like, oh, wow. really like young, like 13. Again, like I came to all this stuff really late, like as a late blooming teenager already to D&D specifically where but did I, you come from where were you I mean I was from? I'm born in Baghdad in, yeah. in Iraq but I you know grew up in Montreal a lot uh, you know from the age of eight till about my 20s um, and uh, you know so there's a lot of like new stimulus in that environment one to go from like a Muslim country to Montreal where the biggest store on the main street is called Super Sex you know like <laughs> <laughs> There's that. Wait, that's uh, French. I don't know that, what that means. It means super sex. Oh, God. I'm here all night. Thank you. It's disco drama. <laughs> so, super, super sex. So, so you... we were at, that was something to adjust to. And I was also like learning English and French and came to all of this late and like actually. So I think my first game was a Star Wars game. It might have been like a Star Wars role-playing game. And then from there, a friend of mine had uh, the Greyhawk module, and we played oh, yeah. that. Oh, and World of Greyhawk. I still have my book upstairs. Was, and was Greyhawk the Grey Mouser? Was that the... No, that's a that's a fanfare in the Gray Mouser. That's a that's a. And then actually, now it's coming back to me. I consumed the Greyhawk no, D and yes, D novels, dude. You're right. And then the drift. No, no, you're right. What? It was the Gray Mouser. There was a. I, if I've got this right, we'll have to look at, look it up. But there was a rights issue with it. Okay. Anyway, what with fanfare in the Gray Mouser and Greyhawk? But you were telling your story. Anyway, so we played uh, uh, this Greyhawk module, and you know, I was already. I think after that, I can I started consuming the the D and D novels, which I think were based on the Greyhawk world, and then I moved from that into like the Dritz Duorden, Ari yeah, Salvatore right. stuff. That that was some of the stuff that I just I remember just like oh, just you read, swallowing whole. Do you, did you read the Dritz books? No, but they're retconning <clears throat> all that now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, is, now you're. Do you play video games as well? Or I no? do play video games. Cool. So Ooh. so I've so, got a real bad addiction. So right what's now. what's retcon- what are you playing what's right retconning? Now? <laughs> oh, retconning is just going it's when back they and like, go back into the story and change something to fit into the new continuity. Yeah, so oh, they're, they're like, oh, oh maybe no. the dark elves were real racist. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. So now they're like, maybe we shouldn't. Maybe we should make them less racist. Which oh, is no, good. That's Red a good thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, yeah. I'm, I'm into it. But yeah, well, the I mean, there was a yeah, yeah. and I were talking about uh, what is it, Al Kadim? Uh, the I don't know the name of the module, but yeah. yeah, it's a desert module that's got a lot of slave undertones. When and they're talking about the, um, you know, the cultures that are that it's based on are obviously Middle Eastern, uh, uh-huh. and it's just like, oh, as you can see, the slave that uh, will carry your sword. And, you know, it's all it's all it, over the place. Yeah, 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 yeah. Is there yeah. is there anybody who's doing like? I don't know how to put it. Instead of let's give people the flavor of adventure that our base, which is American English, whatever, can go and pretend they're doing Oriental stories. Terrible word, intentionally <laughs> used. Um, where it's the reverse, where it's like, hey, we want to tell stories that feel like our culture. Uh-huh. Let's write Dungeons and Dragons for ourselves involved in that. Is there any reverse of that? I think it's, I was going to say, I think it's actually happening in, in different circles and different spheres where a lot of people are taking back maybe gender identity through that. Mm-hmm. That's like, I, I, we were talking about this at one point with, uh, with, with Eric and Jess about how there's almost, there's multiple groups of people engaging with D&D now. And some of them are these new millennials that are into it because it's, it allows them to sort of, Play out a different gender identity, or your, or, or, be something that they're not able to be in real life. And then there's like the, you know, the more classical nerds that are maybe not as socially adept, and that's that's why they're coming to it, or one of the reasons they're coming. Am I making right. any sense here? Yeah, sure, yeah, of, yeah, course. of course. I, I mean, I think it's you know, just D and D in general, like it allowed me to play with different kinds of identity for myself and power you know it was it was you know not like power in like a bad way you know but like you know what it was like to sort of you know world build and to have agency to have agency and i find it incredibly empowering um 
so so what was your first professional job then as a as an actor i mean technically the first things i got paid to do were in yeah. high school whoa they weren't professional jobs like <clears throat> part of a union oh okay all right one of the teachers at my high school had this whole all, there's like three of my first paid gigs all happened sort of in the same year, maybe my uh, junior year, sophomore year, somewhere around there. Mm -hmm. So he was doing like a improv murder mystery theater. Cool. Where people would come and you would all be characters and walk around and they'd be trying to solve the murder. So you'd have to interact <laughs> with them in character like that. Hey, who, did I, you, who were you? Who I don't you know. Play? It changed all the time, you know, and it wouldn't pay very much. So we did that. <laughs> And then, like, I worked, one of the community theaters did, was big into circus skills. And then some of us who could juggle and do a couple of other things would get hired out through, like, a side program of that to do, like, walkabout circus stuff. Uh-huh. Okay. Also wouldn't pay very much. <laughs> and then this was up at Wesleyan as well. Wesley, because I went, I was in high school. I was in Middletown, Connecticut, where Wesleyan University is. Okay. I was just walking around one day doing something stupid. And Thank one you. of the professors there was like, hey. And we got into a conversation. And I was, he's like, have you ever acted in anything? And I was like, sort of. Yeah, you know. And he was like, well, I'm a film teacher here. You want to be in these wrestling films? I don't know how to do that. <laughs> yeah, that was a little weird. But I... <laughs> Uh, that didn't go the way. That was at no point, dude. You needed the applause button. No, no, yeah, that no. was intentional. <laughs> yeah, is this story like okay? I think our audience can be a little R, but is it going anywhere? I never <laughs> saw the results. So of you that. went to Penn State, is what you're saying? <laughs> no, but I'm applying. Um, no, no, that was the deal. Oh, and then uh, I don't know. So that that was like you know I don't know what that paid fifty bucks. Cool. My first like professional gigs in the city, like paid gigs in the city. Sure. Um, probably a movie. Probably a movie called Interstate eighty four. Wow. And what was that movie about? I haven't seen. That. Um. Yeah. No. You. Sh I mean, why would you? Have? It was like a super indie movie. The best thing to learn how to make a movie on is like the the lowest indie film. <laughs> I think the budget for the whole film was about three hundred grand. Wow. It's, wow. It's not the last film credit in here. It's the third to last so that's something yeah third to last <laughs> oh. you, you've worked with some cool people though you've worked with some cool storytellers i mean like yeah, i don't want to very like, lucky i don't want to be too on the nose here but uh uh is it uh it's genji right yeah genji cohen uh you worked with genji cohen who's like a famous world builder like yeah, she yeah. builds these worlds that are populated with huge ensembles which is essential to dungeons and dragons certainly but i mean ensemble work is hard sometimes but it can be in the right hands it's like an amazing thing. So, like, what was it like to work with somebody like like that who's got a? It was. Uh, I didn't know it was coming even when I had the gig. Yeah. Like you know how it is. You get called. You're like, can you do a guest star spot? If you're lucky enough to book a guest star spot, yes. They're like, oh, there's no contract. It's one episode. Yeah. A couple of lines. Right. Right. You do yeah. it, and two weeks later, they're like, can you do another one? <laughs> right. If if you're lucky. Sure. And yeah. so the first season of Orange that happened like eleven times. Wow. So it's like wow. it went from no commitment to like I did like eleven of to the first like you're in episodes. the show now. Yeah. Wow. And it was wow. little things, little bits. Wow. Um, and, you, as, and you, as an ensemble, as a as a member of the cast, you actually have two SAG awards, don't you? Yeah, as a member of the cast. As yeah. A, yeah, you're like that's I never even have touched a SAG award. Like you can, I bring mine I, over. Would you? No, can you? Can, you know. Yeah. <laughs> they're sitting house? right underneath my printer. They're they're not. You know, we moved, so they don't have a nice spot. <laughs> that's super cool dude i just like i just was watching we were watching one of the shows the other night and i'm friends with kathy Curtin. oh yeah uh, Kathy's so, best. yeah she's she's great i've done a couple of little things with her and i just think she's a wonderful human being and i just love you know i love your arc yeah but we like when we came onto the show we did not know there was going to be an arc wow neither of that's us so knew cool. you know i neither of us had a commitment to how many episodes wow so for the first season, it was like that. The second season, there was a little bit more, hey, we'd like you to be around. Here's, you know. And the third season, they were like, well, here's a contract. You're, you're and, then, and then, like television, the fourth season, they were like, here's a contract. You know, 12 out of 13, we'll see every day. Wow. And then wow. they didn't use us. We worked for two hours. We went home and we got paid, but we never worked again that season. Oh, huh. dude. Wow. 
Interesting. <laughs> I don't wow. understand how that works. It, I guess. No, well, but, yeah. it, it, we had a contract. Yeah. They thought yeah. they were going to write for us, and then they changed. And then they changed their, mid, the, mid, the, mid, the They pivoted things, midway. The things, the things moved. Hey, I want to bring it back to D and D a little. And actually, I don't know if you would do this for us, but we were wondering if you would stat your character with us. My person from, pers- and, and from orange. What, orange. What class is? Oh what God. class? Did you play a? You played a, an instrument. Ukule- he was not a bard. He's not a no, bard. No, no. We were okay, thinking right. barbarian, maybe barbarian. like a barbarian, barbarian. Yes. like a multi-class. Uh, <laughs> I mean, like level two fighter, <laughs> right? I mean, he's a he's a he's a he's charlatan a guard, right? background. Now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, what is a charlatan? That's a new class, right? That's like no, a, it's just like that's a, some 1993 <laughs> shit, right? <laughs> 1993 is a year that happened before you were born. There's listeners. all sorts of new classes and subclasses now. It's actually like it's there's so many creatives on it. I, I have a little difficulty keeping up. I mean, it's like kind of it's kind of incredible actually how it's just ex- exploded. You know, uh, the the game is just like everywhere. I kind of love it, but it's also not the thing that we grew up with, right? It's kind of interesting. I, mean, I think it's one of the reasons we're having this podcast. There's sort of a nostalgic element of like looking back on this thing that we did and there sort of is. finding the common people that have done it. It's very no. Cool it's I us. mean, well, I mean, I, th- I think I think there is a, for you know for for a lot of us but you know for people who are new to it there's an opportunity to reinvent something and right. evolve it you know i mean and like things get stagnant if you don't what we love about that you know. is uh you know it's it, the setting is so uh broad in D now that it can be pretty much a placeholder for any story that you want to tell yeah you want pirates on an airship we can do that now. Yeah. I love that. Which yeah. one was that? The I think space. It was like space pirates. <clears throat> yes. Right. You did. Uh, I, I used Eberon? part of that. I did. No, I used part of it. If you give me a second, I'll think of the name. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Off the t- but but I was yeah. very cool. And yeah. like even just playing a little bit. Of, the Githyanki. They were. They were. Yeah. They're. It's. They're like kind of. Space what did you call me? Space faring. <laughs> <laughs> I remember. I don't know if you guys ever did this, but we would play multiple gaming systems. So we played Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. We would play the Marvel game. Right on. We play Robotech. Do you remember? How about Villains and Vigilantes? Did you ever do that? I never played that. And Car we, Wars? No. We did play Car Wars. Are these that was also like a little math. bit of a board game. That's math. Are these role playing yeah. games? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, I didn't play any of these. I played Star Wars. I played Palladium a little Palladium. bit. Palladium. I played Palladium. Uh, yeah. And we did. We made up one. A few. A friend. My friend made up a whole system, and we kind of played that homebrew for a while. That was a lot of fun. So one one thing we would try to do is if we had a cool character in one. You try to transpose them. Transpose them. Oh, that's interesting. Bring them over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. How do you bring the stats from? Yeah, yeah. How do you become the same person in this world, this yeah, new yeah. world? How long, what was the long, Do you remember the longest you stuck with a character? Do you remember their name? Do you remember the, oh, any yeah. of that stuff? It was stuff? probably a high school game. I don't remember, man. I had... I, you know, what's embarrassing to talk about <laughs> about high school Dungeons & Dragons <laughs> characters is you're working out some shit. <laughs> what are you talking about? Well, you say with- that like we're not working out our shit now. Like, I'm, I'm still working out my shit. Dude. Like, yeah, you, but- haven't, you haven't seen me play, have you? But it's, I, I feel like it's subtler at this age, and you're Maybe. more like, I'm an actor now. <laughs> yeah, yes, I would like to steal that thing. Thick whistle, the- get your. <laughs> Thick whistle. Yes, my name is wow. Penumbra Thick Whistle. I am a a bar a bard a bard uh, also an artificer, sort of a bardificer, if you will. Yes, and things get weird when I'm around. <laughs> oh my god! I gotta. I think I do have to find a funny voice and start playing again. I think. It's I think we're gonna clear. hook you back in. I think we're gonna get you back in, Joel. Yeah, but uh, the character is going to be called Joel. <laughs> <laughs> Joel, limited intelligence, large size. Oh, great! No stamina. So that's your dump stat, huh? <laughs> <laughs> that was one of our questions. We were going to ask you to give yourself what is your personal dump stat as an artist? Dump stat. Dump stat. Well, that was new to me. I just learned this. Phaedra just explained it to me like a it's couple like days ago. When you're making your character, what's your weakest attribute? What's your what, as a as a, as, a, as, a, as a storyteller? What would you dexterity? Really? Is that? Well, I mean, I'm as a I, storyteller. Like, what what would your weak? What would your what, what's the thing you're working on? As like, a storyteller? Yeah. Like, what would you be your lowest stat? And what's something that you'd want to improve as a storyteller? Sexiness. Yeah. 
<laughs> Straight up sexiness. I, 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 you've got a pretty high charisma score, brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah but charisma and comeliness are different, man. Oh, I'm not right. talking about like, am I welcoming? I'm talking about like, that's one hot piece of ass. And in that, that's one hot piece of ass arena. Yo, I'm talking about comeliness. Not charisma. I got charisma. I'll give you charisma. There's no comeliness on that list. Can we stop saying comeliness? Did they do away with comeliness? What what sound effect? Wait. Second second edition, they introduced comeliness. You're telling me they got rid of comeliness? Uh, Yeah, yeah, Bro, nobody says comeliness. I'm still living in the comeliness world. No, there was all sorts of of weird shit. Are you not? (laughs) So you're saying you've never played with comeliness? Never. And in either, in any sense of the word. Because oh, I always wanted to be just show. a hot, not charismatic, just dead be like hot a himbo. Char- yeah. Just be a, like... Himbo, Shibo, whatever. Right, like He-Man, basically. <laughs> Watch that today. Oh, did you? Did you watch, how was it? it? Was it fun? I thought it was fine. Yeah, all right. I don't know what everybody's upset about. There's some uproar Somebody's, about some stuff. I everybody seen, likes I to be it. upset nowadays. I think yeah, it's like, I know. There's always something to be mad about. I think, you know. I mean, we've all been inside for what sixty months. You're like one of the first people to come over to my house. I'm I'm so glad that don't you, give me. I'm anything. so glad. Well, I, <laughs> what you mean you like wanna, a gift or like wanna, a disease? Wanna, no, I'd take food. <laughs> would you, comic books? You want comic books? No. I got comic books. No, I gotta go. I'm going. I'm leaving. Yeah, you're taking off now. What are you gonna Can go? You, uh, what are you gonna go do? Can you talk about? Yeah, what tell you're us about do? what yeah, your next project. The Joe Exotic thing. Yeah, we're gonna go Joe do Exotic. that in Australia. And who's that with? I don't know. Oh <laughs> yeah, no. Kate McKinnon is in it. She's the lead. Kate McKinnon's playing the Carol Baskin character. That is amazing. Can you talk about who you're playing? Uh no, I'm not gonna do that. Okay, <laughs> all right, cool. He follows me on Instagram, so I'm gonna keep a low profile oh, about okay. the whole thing till I'm done. I'm, I want to be very respectful and uh, go at it in a good way, but he started following me on Instagram, and I was like, oh, I gotta keep this. Oh, okay. <laughs> you gotta, gotta keep it cool. That's keep right. it on the DL until it's done. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, that's and I can good. demonstrate my comeliness. <laughs> Please don't. Please are don't. You gonna, are you? You're, and you're going to Australia, right? Yeah. What's that gonna be like? I mean, do they have like they have Man. a lot of restrictions there, right? Like, yeah, of you course. Get, you gotta like hang out for ten days, like alone in a hotel room. Don't, don't you? touch anything. Yeah. It's wow. all trying to kill you. The whole co- the whole country's trying to kill you. No, I think they're just gonna put me in a hotel and be like, "Don't try to kill us." Maybe, <laughs> but then you go outside and there's like, yeah, fucking box jellyfish and cassowaries. oh yeah, there's a lot of deadly cass- stuff in Australia. There's a cassowary. Cassowaries are like a bird that that is basically a velociraptor. Somebody almost convinced me that there's a thing called drop bears in Australia. They're bears that drop from trees and land on you, but. It was. It's sort of like the snipe of You're Australia. Uh, Airdrop air bears. Those yeah, are parachuting no, bears. But no, these whole there's a whole crew of them who had me convinced that drop I think bears. There are probably a crew of bears in Australia. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna find them <laughs> when I get there. <laughs> Lord of comeliness. <laughs> I hope we're not wrapping up. Are we wrapping up? Does it feel like we're wrapping up? No. Okay. We can go good. for an hour and then you can cut it down. Uh, okay. All right. <laughs> no. Good. No, you oh, can't so do that. Producers are saying no. Producers are saying no. Okay, I don't because I don't want to wrap up. I, but I don't like. What? what no, I'm Minnesota. Joel, so what? what I'm polite. Joel, what would you play now if you were to make another character other than that character named Joel that sounds exactly like you? What would you be? Okay, so the one I never figured out how to play was we tried to play Shadow Run. Oh, oh yeah, you yeah. I never played that, but I, I I had friends who did. The world seems so cool. It is interesting. It's like vampires with cybernetic limbs and, and cyber elves, yeah. allergies to and penicillin, drag- whatever. Right, I know. And <laughs> is it so? Is it cyber vampires? It's, cyber- it's no. all. It's like everything. But in a kind of cyberpunk future, it's like magic and sorcerer, but in a futuristic cyber world. So there's kind of tech. Wow. There's kind yeah. of dragons there's kind of elves there's kind of like orcs orcs all would of you it. pay to see that movie that sounds like a good no, there movie. is a movie i think no is there? really there, they didn't do a shadow run movie? movie oh i don't know anything great. about it but there's definitely a game and we were too dumb to play it as kids it was like too complicated oh right on. but I, as an adult i think i could i remember it. interfacing with it on a video game level i remember playing I remember a, a, a you know a tabletop not a tabletop what's it called like a desktop video yeah. game Shadowrun and thinking it was super cool and also it glitching a lot all the time because it was like really the beginning of that stuff and it was really like top down simple like move the guy around click this click that but yeah even that I think that was the beginning of when sort of video games and role playing games were starting to merge in a way so that now it's like a mainstream thing to talk about 
a sword plus one or like a right or to say hit points i mean it's sort of like you know or well i don't know it's like there's just it things that have like become part of the part you know i just I've i mean like steeped in it the first video game that, that i played was on an apple 2e computer it was like um Oh, I don't. It was like there was a game like Dig Dug a little bit that was mm-hmm. on there, and then a game game called the Oregon Trail, and you like yeah, yeah, always dive dysentery sure. yeah. in the game. And but that was like the video games in the fantasy worlds were like separate things. I want to throw this in there for a second. Yeah. One of the first games I remember was the Red Baron for the Commodore sixty four. Wow. Oh, right. Yeah. And you play with the like keys, but there was all, this whole thing nobody talks about. Where you could get books of code, like magazines with code in them. Oh, I remember. Yeah. Yeah, and you yeah, would yeah. program in the code. <clears throat> so you wanted to play that video game, you had to write the code into your that's computer. That's right. Yeah, that's right. I, I, my, me and my, my friends did that. I would go over to their houses and they'd be doing that. <clears throat> yeah. Like, yeah, there was there was one kid that I knew. I mean, knew. even Contra, what was it? Up, up, down, down. Left, left right, left, right, B-A, B-A, select stuff. Yeah. There's an actor. There's... There's an actor that I know that actually made a bunch of money because he pro- he he wrote a bunch of those programs. Like, mm. yeah, I can't remember what his name was, but that was his like first paid whatever. Yeah. What are you playing right now in terms of video games? What am I playing? I'm playing two things, and I had gotten off of one, and now I'm back on it. But I'm definitely playing Marvel Contest of Champions. Oh, you still on there, <laughs> dude? <laughs> dude, is it? You're like, off. You, did I, you quit? I am like touching it every day just to like, like based on the comic book. Like based on con- the comic yeah. books. We wow. actually know each other through that forum as yeah, well. Yeah, right? we played on there, and you joined my alliance. And my alliance is terrible. I'm intentionally in a terrible alliance. I think I might need to go back to a terrible alliance, but I because I I can't. I think something about the pandemic makes me not want to engage with that. Is I'm playing a, like a match three game right now. Is this uh, with other? <laughs> is this with other people or by yourself? Both. It's, you it's could both. do it you without. You have the option. Yeah, yeah. You can play with others. You can sort of skirmish together in a couple right. of different arenas. Yeah. There's like a what they call a war arena uh-huh. where you can place your characters on defense and then you go on the offense. And so you and the rest of the people in your alliance place your characters there. And yeah. can you be any Marvel Yeah, character? they got all of them. They've got like 200 Sasquatch? something. They got Sasquatch? They got yeah. stuff. Alpha they, Flight? Yeah, they made they up some. I got Dude. a six-star Sasquatch, yeah. Wow. Man. Dude, Alpha that's, Flight was my, was my sh- comic. I shouldn't even show you my account right now. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's ready to upgrade. Uh, I've actually been off it. Just cause, I don't well, know. Thank I God for you. Yeah. I've been just doing it maybe once every other day. But yeah, I, so, I need something calmer for the pandemic, I a, think. A great a great dungeon mastering uh, teacher that I, I saw once uh, said, was talking about. Well, they were talking about. They were talking about like when characters get to be high level, like. You know the stuff that you. The cool thing was is they're they're like the Avengers now, so the yeah. stuff you want to throw at them needs to be like you know like end game level yeah stuff you know. So I have like right now in my game with these guys, I have an asteroid hurling towards their home city. And Once again, we are not affiliated with Marvel Studios, but you we know, well no we're not. Hire me, but Kevin Feige, but you know, know it's got a it's got. If you're listening. It's got <laughs> you know but but it's like it's cool to think of it i mean like like look even like comic books like they were an underground thing when i was a kid and they've like really exploded in the culture you know what like, i think my about daughter this... doesn't read comic books she watches the marvel movies, i think so. about this all the time they grew up with us the same way D grew up with us like maybe it was fringe because we were kids at the time and now that we're adults and we have buying power yeah but what does that do <clears throat> in 20 years to tiktok Wow, D and D TikTok is that what you're saying? Because well, I'm like, into it. Like, look at how fast, <laughs> look at how fast kids can edit now in ways like we didn't <clears throat> understand editing when we were little. Like for me, no way. The same time I was doing Dungeons and Dragons, I was cutting eight millimeter. Wow. wow, right? So, but you see, that's I feel like that's more you little, labor. You had a little right? bit. You had a little uh, editing. You had a bed? deck. Yeah, there was it. My my stepfather had a deck. That Dude. first stepfather, and so we did animated films. We did little things. I remember doing an animated film with my sister, which was just the Frame oh, by frame. Yeah, yeah, stop motion. Yeah, we did some stop motion with with real people. Right, 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 right. You know. Yeah, I did Super that too. Eight film? I, okay. Yeah, Super Eight. I animated. I animated a section of the Bald Soprano for my theater teacher. And I, the film was underexposed. <laughs> but for me, that was concurrent with Dungeons and Dragons because it was the same. Influence. Again, is that a <laughs> euphemism for something? <laughs> Bald Soprano. It's Eugene Ionesco. It's oh, oh my god, funny. So just to ruin everything. Yeah. What do you know? I only know this because we did a production of the rhinoceros. That there's a porno movie based on the rhinoceros. <laughs> How did, did we take this turn? I did not know. There this. is a movie. Uh, to- <laughs> Comeliness. 
You wanted me to come into your house after I've been alone in a pandemic for this long. You invited me here. I'll warn you about that. No. And I didn't look. Zombie strippers. No. Zombie strippers is a, is a, I think, I guess it's softcore. I don't know. I don't, I don't own a copy of zombie Uh strippers. Right. Starring Robert England, Freddy Krueger. Wow. And it's, all the strippers are turning into zombies and it parallels intentionally the rhinoceros. Wow, who is the evil genius who got away with that? It's called Zombie Strippers, but I think the club is called like the Green Rhinoceros or something. We like we were doing a production of the Rhinoceros. It's amazing. Whoever directed that is a crazy person. Yeah. Who directed that? Robert England and Je- Jenna Jameson. Jenna Jameson and Robert England. Oh wow. wow. They did not direct it. Distributed by Sony Pictures Home Entertainment. Directed and written by Jay Lee. Cool. Cool. There's that's a, not a made-up porn name. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's a real human name. Look, when you're of like a real human male, when you're at, who re- has a job, the rhinoceros social security number, and you're like, oh, what's this? And then you're watching zombie strippers for like, wait, that is a pair. Wait, is, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> Wikipedia entry. Hang on, hang on, hang on. We got a plot. It is the year 2012. During George W. Bush's fourth term as president, a detachment of soldiers known as Z-Squad are called to a scientific research laboratory to eliminate zombies that have been created there. What, I can't do that. One of the soldiers, <laughs> Beard Flo? Is this a, is this a real name? Beard Flo? Wait, is it Swedish? <laughs> I know my next Dutch? dwarf that I'm going to introduce you guys to. It's <laughs> Beard Flo. It might be Beard Fluff, though, because you know, it has the geo. I am Beard Flo. It is Beard Fluff, anyway, is bitten and stumbles into Rhino, a now illegal neighboring stripper bar. It's the and then then the then the strippers start turning into zombies like the rhinoceros. Everyone's turning into rhinoceroses at the club rhinoceros. Wow. And so wow. The, this is the this is the parallel where they're turning into zombies instead of rhinoceros. Very important I had question. The, I had the are actually, they still stripping when they're zombies? Man, I don't. I, <laughs> dude, I'm Look, at, I met. Don't act like you didn't watch it. I did not watch the whole freaking thing. <laughs> I met I met Robert Englund once at a at a Walking Dead convention, and it was like the coolest thing ever. He was really nice. I'm sure he was. And he like talked to me for like I don't know how long he talked to me for like 30 minutes or something like that. He was such a cool dude. Like I really enjoyed spending not time like with him. He and I, that's film. St- I saw that film one time. I'm seeing it again with my daughter because she asked, but I would not. I, that's film scared the hell out of me. That that's person. one of those films that you watched in the 80s with your babysitter. Yeah, and it was the worst idea. It was a really. <laughs> and maybe they had like one of those uh, spool coffee tables that was like a big spool of uh, wire at one point, but now is their coffee table. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I can't imagine it being that scary, like in a theater, but like at home by yourself on a videotape. That film was like really like. Guys, I'm yeah. a refugee. I didn't watch horror movies. Oh no, well, I don't like. Well, I, you know, look, I've been in a bunch, but like, I actually kind of have a heart. The first movie I did was a was a horror movie. It was a George Romero movie. I love that you were like in a horror, and so now we're like, oh, a horror movie, and he's like, oh, George Romero, like he just drops <laughs> hey, it away. Like, oh, that. it's a good one. Let me help you. With it's that. like a good yeah, horror. I movie. had Name one line. I said yes. That's the that I had one word in a George Romero movie. Great. So he played with a yo-yo. Like that's an interesting detail. Like on set, he had a yo-yo. He's like a nice guy. So what what uh, what do you do you uh, do you still keep in touch with your D and D buddies from back then at all, or or have you uh, or do a lot of people get in touch now that you're sort of in the entertainment industry? Or I feel like uh, no. Hmm. Maybe they so ought much. to. That'd be nice. <laughs> Um, yeah, the buddies all went different ways. The like high school buddies in college, we tried to have a group, but it, it didn't last long. Huh? It was like the first couple of months we were playing a lot of Dungeons and Dragons. And then it was like, right, we have classes. And did you ever take improv plays. classes? Yeah. Yeah, yeah so I did. What are, tell me, tell me, well, tell me about that. I'm curious about like the rules of like uh, improv. Cause there's a lot of improv in Dungeons and Dragons. So I mean, we were talking earlier, no, but right. Yeah. Yeah. I was doing improv, you know, the 
the 90s and the 80s, the improv was like a newer, different scene. It was like improv Olympics. It was all game-oriented. Yeah. yeah. It had it had different things then. It there was, was like, there like was Spolin. Points. We were talking about the Spolin book and the Keith Johnstone book, Impro. Yeah. Like, there were a couple of books that were like kind of... And they would be competitions, right? Weren't there would, also yeah, kind of serious improvs, too? There was, so... Long-form stuff? Scene, we scene we had a group in college that started one. I don't even remember what we were called, but it was some dumb... We were the improvables, basically, <laughs> improvables. <laughs> but then, but then Alan Arkin came up and taught a two-week improv class. Oh wow! Which oh, wow. was like from his improv experience, and which that was, was more serious. Yeah, more, or or like willing to be serious. Right. That was the interesting thing. Huh. It wow. was not premeditated on being funny. Often things were funny, right? But it was like be honest, figure it out, get through it. You sound like my first wife. Hey oh. <laughs> 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 Guys, I'm you know I'm having way too much fun with these buttons. Like we said, we're working stuff out. Um, uh, so so um, yeah, no, but there were games. You would play games. You would play a the, there would be a, a a hat game where you try to steal the hat. Did you guys do stuff like that? Like I did. The, the, there were there were uh, status games that we played at. at, at Tell school. me your status game. Carnegie Mellon was a real school, so I want to know more about that. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I loved it. I mean, it was really great. But like the improv, the improv classes were super interesting to me. I, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm not sure I would consider myself an improv actor. But like the whole idea of leaning to the, leaning into the yes as a dungeon master. Yeah. Is an incredibly important concept and in, in what what I do but also because you know I've directed you've directed yeah you know that like you know there's rules that you have to sort of go by this is the way I see the world but also there's a lot of like opportunities to really lean into the s and 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 it's a group storytelling effort you know somebody will come up with something that that you know exceeded your expectations and, and this is all just a ruse to get a bunch of actors to get actors to play a D&D game this is all what we're about well because we're into that <laughs> I actually think it's a really interesting cross section because you know we're we're all good at play, right? We're but it's very serious play. Like you know, <laughs> we don't fuck around when it comes to our play. No, and I think that makes for an interesting D and D game. Like like the stakes are pretty high. People are invested or into their thing and uh yeah yeah i mean uh, like i have a couple of dramaturgs in my game so i have oh, to really like keep oh. track of what i say you know they're like well wait a minute four games ago <laughs> yeah this doesn't <laughs> fall in line with the revolution that you talk about retconning yeah <laughs> have you ever retconned your own dungeon <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I have sometimes. Yeah, you know, I've had to go backwards and say, oh, that thing that wasn't significant is. I, there's one character I keep bringing back, you know, because I keep killing him off, and then like it's, he's like Loki, he just keeps coming back. Over you just over like again. him too much. Yeah, I just no, he's fun. They get mad when I'm. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any of those irrational dungeon master rules where you're like, if you keep doing that, you're just gonna die? <laughs> Like, it, you do that again, and it's like a blue bolt, you're gone, Dungeon Master's prerogative. I actually, I actually had, a, that hap that happened in our game in high school. Our DM would, like, if you kept doing something, it would annoy him. He would, like, drop a cow on you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you're walking along in a field, and the cow drops. This is a French-Canadian guy, so he's like, and the cow drops on you, so uh, take... Uh, 100d6 damage. I don't know. You know, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can save for wisdom to avoid the cow, but uh, your wisdom I don't is know. very low. There's a big cow. I don't know, buddy. Go ahead. But so, yeah, that was drop interesting. Cows. Like... We've gone from drop bears to drop cows. Um, what do you, when you're prepping for a character, like what, do you have a methodology or do you, what's your, what's your, do you have a, a way that you get into character or find the character or? So intentional disarray. Like I go at the character with whatever feels natural for exploration. I do a lot of work, mm -hmm. but I don't premeditate how I'm going to do my work. So for some characters, it's really important for me to find historical context, go read a bunch of things that are about that time period, mm -hmm. research whatever the literary material we're on is, where it comes from, what the influences of the writer were, were get into that intellectual right. part of it. For some, it's like find the voice, and for, like if I do accent work, I don't do accent work based on some theory of what an Appalachian accent is. I find like an individual to emulate, to, to emulate, and mm -hmm. to break their accent down, and maybe change it, but to start with the accent of an actual individual, and then work for there because I don't. The general accent thing just doesn't exist. 
Right. No, and then when you talk about accents, like everybody has their own individual accent, oh. so like there's no generic. And you have five accents. I, you, I mean, I, <laughs> no, no, seriously, now, right now, right now, you have five accents, you know, and like everybody Only has at this it. moment. Like you talk about your mother, you'll talk more like your mother. You talk about your father, you talk more like your father. You talk about the kids you knew in high school, you talk more like them. Your accents are so malleable. So for me, I find an individual person. Or Ray Winston. Anytime it doesn't work, I just <laughs> like study Ray Winston. That's like a default. Um, but wherever my curiosity is going to hook into that character is where I go. Right on. And I try to keep the process open so that I'm always a little bit scared and I always feel like I'm a little bit behind. Uh huh. So that the get. So I just find creative ways to fill in the gaps. Not in your comfort zone. Never in my comfort zone. Because that's. Then it's not good acting. Right. Comfort zone is like terrible acting. <laughs> Generally, yeah, you know, like, oh, true. I'm a tough guy. I play the tough guy. I listen for tough guy sounds. I make tough guy noises. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, you're done. We don't need you. Right? So what, what's, what was, how am I supposed to say it? <laughs> we just don't, I don't want to sing a lot. No, you, you ask, uh, the, you ask it. Memorable experience. Memorable yeah, experience with directors. Like, directors. Like, is there anybody who really like... Got you moving? Sure, you... I could name drop this, but I'm not going to name drop it. That's but I, I did that. You name drop it. Yeah. yeah, well, why not? I well, mean, like, yeah, it's okay. I like her too much. I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a real fan I of her. I won't be jealous. So... I, I won't. No, it was, I worked with Anna Shapiro a few years back when we did with Mice and Men on Broadway. Oh, right. Theater director. And um, her. Who did you play? Uh, I played Carlson and I understudied Lenny. Oh, great. Uh, Dude. There's a whole story about that because originally I was just playing Carlson and then. A thing happened, and then I was like, "Well, I'll also." They saw you with some rabbits, is what you're saying? Yeah, I murdered. I murdered a bunch of rabbits, and they were like, "Wow, well, can you do it instead of the this other guy?" This guy's a natural. <laughs> no, but but um, having like, she just has this amazing ability, both to be a, a a really strong, smart, insightful, heartfelt person, and make you feel like the work is yours. Huh. Mm. And there's so many directors, I think directing can breed a certain kind of insecurity because you walk away from it. And there are so many directors who don't let the actors feel like it's theirs. And having the confidence and the wisdom to show somebody the way and then let them feel like they own it. And they came up with it. Or and they, they came it. up with it. So the show... It's collaborative, right? It shows that you're working together. It's all that. It also shows that you're confident in your collaboration. Yeah. And so the show was... When I would see the show during rehearsals, I know the show was 100% hers. But when I would do the show, I would feel, I feel that like it was mine. Yours. Brilliant. And so to me, that was wonderful directing. Wow. That's, that's a... Well, I mean, like... You know, I, I again, I you know we're a theme show, so but to bring it yeah. back, but in my best moments of Dungeons and Dragons, I, I feel like I'm more of a listener than I am a talker. Like in my best moments as a as a as a, 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 a dungeon master, it's, it's similar to the directing. I've done some. My wife directs most of our stuff. I was going to say, do you find the directing skill set is the same as the dungeon mastering skill set? I think it is. I mean, again, I don't want to like say the same thing over and over again, but leaning into the yes is essential. Here's and the when real question. When Who's the producer in Dungeons and Dragons? Well, the person that well when the I was snacks? a kid, it was Gary Gygax, and now it's Wizards of the Coast. And, no, <laughs> no but, the like, know, associate producer, the executive producer. But no, I think it's essential. I mean, I think if somebody comes up with something crazy, like, let it let it happen you know like let it play out you know um somebody said i was describing brigand day art from the the driz duorden um uh lolth world as uh as a sort of acrobatic uh rogue fighters and jessica said wait like cirque du soleil and i was like well they, they are, are now, now. <laughs> you know it's like so when something like that dancer, comes from one of your, of your right? one, you know i see i just see performers and and i see performers and also players as collaborators yeah or let at my ask, best moments at my ask. worst i'm i'm too controlling and, yeah i was gonna say that sounds great yeah, i think yeah. most of my dm experience has been as a complete control freak from from my when I've DM'd, but that's uh -huh. a long time ago. I think I'd have it. I'd like to learn from your. Uh, well, no, I mean I'm saying, but I've, I've had I've though. had difficult moments too. Sometimes they have a bad day, and it's like I'm railroading them too much, and you know, I mean, but you you learn as you go, you know. That sounds like a sublime experience in a in a, in a theater. You spend a lot of time together when you're doing theater, a lot more than you usually do when when you're yeah, making a, a TV show. You yeah. know, you're you're in there temporarily, and so it's nice when somebody creates a an open atmosphere like that. Yeah. I mean, there. I've had only a few experiences with film where you get a real 
rehearsal process. Mm. And it's lovely when you do. Mm. Hey, before we run out of time, let me ask this one question. Joel, who would you play D&D with past or future or present if you could? If you could play with D&D with anyone right now. Robert England. A hundred percent. That's the start of I... an int- impressive crew. Is he DMing? <laughs> <laughs> who would I play that in your nightmares? nightmares. <laughs> I, you know, I just populate the world with stand-up comics, man. Amazing. Just stick it, yeah. stick it full of stand-up comics. <laughs> Get me some real geek. Ge- you know, he must be a, a blast to play with Pat Oswald, right? That right. He's, yeah, he's he on is, our dream dream guest list. He, yeah, list. he's a he's he's a special guy. I yeah. mean, he's just like a great person, and you know, he's so um, he's so imaginative, and he's a great voiceover guy. You know who I would play with? Wolfgang Puck. Nice. <laughs> because I tell game you. Game respect game. That is a solid, solid choice. One thing you overlook is like, do I have to drink Mountain Dew and eat old fucking Doritos? Right. Right. If, if Wolfgang Puck is at your table, you're, you're good having at eat. like filet mignon. And That's like, what I'm saying. Does anybody have a Wolfgang Puck impression? Trout is encrusted. He? You know, no, is he just... wait, 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 wait. Trout encrusted. <laughs> That's good. I want some trout encrusted beef. Like, just lay it out. Give me a filet mignon some, encrusted some, in some trout. Foam of Cheeto. I don't like some gastronomical science project thing. That I mean, he doesn't do that stuff. I think you need a person it. like that, and then you need a person with a crib. So who do we know who's got a great crib? You got a good crib. You I got a good, a good crib. It's okay. Yeah, we're, we're. I mean, we have a we have a preteen here, so it it, it has oh, its own. Yeah, 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 it has its own. It's, but she makes it great. I yeah. know that there's a basement in Ditmas Park <laughs> that would be perfect. <laughs> we I were feel shooting. like this is the moment when we get kidnapped and our organs get harvested. We were shooting. <laughs> we were shooting a TV show in Ditmas Park. I was just there for a day. It was a location they got, and halfway through the shoot, like, I gotta use the bathroom. I was like, "Where's the bathroom?" And they're like, "Go downstairs and turn right at the triangle." Okay. So I go downstairs, I open the door, I turn right at the triangle, and it's freaking, the entire basement is finished, and it's somewhere between the Temple of Doom and like a Roman sex bath. (laughs) Right? Like torches on the wall, fake torches on the wall, like faux stone, like faux carved stone on all the walls, like different rooms with like beds and arrangements and benches. And I was like, and upstairs, it was like suburban kitchen. Perfect for snacks. Yeah, and great for <laughs> wow. Downstairs, that's here. Wow, there's a guy. There's a guy. A guy whose Instagram I follow uh, online, and he had a in his backyard. He had a giant, giant dungeon master chair carved out of like a giant tree. Like they brought in this big like log, and he and it's a dragon. Like it's beautiful. Like the, it was like a, by a chainsaw artist, you know. Like, you know, it's gorgeous. That's, yeah. that's a commitment. It was. Right? I was like, that's I want to. Like, I want to play that guy's D&D game. D&D player. Yeah, yeah. No, it's like I. I love it when when people like have a little secret. You know what I love about? Of, I think I love about D and D, and it's like where, you know, geeks and nerds and people who have a hard time with this truly let their freak flag froth. Fry, fry. Did I just do that? They didn't do it on purpose. They let their freak flag fly. Shout out to David Crosby. Hey, David, I hope you're listening. What? I don't get it. He's the guy who wrote the. I'm really old. <laughs> but like, and some of those freaks turned out like we did it for a living. We like just kept going with it. I feel like I feel like I'm I'm still like banking on some of the skills, like the the voices that I did on my first tabletop game yeah. i'm now a voiceover artist yeah, phager's a phager's a, a character in the wizards of the coast uh, magic the gathering i think video game right yes yeah. when I'm, I'm one of the planeswalkers i can't tell you which one off the cuff uh, that's okay that's now. i mean I, I i played magic for a long time i quite like that joel you've done a bunch of voiceovers in video games too right? yeah they've all been rockstar rockstar video games oh cool yeah yeah so it was do you do a... any of the motion capture or do you just do the voices yeah all of it at different times different things i did like pedestrian stuff for one of the, for the first Red Dead, oh Revolver, wow. yeah, 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 I probably played Red Dead it, Redemption. Yeah, so yeah, some pedestrian stuff for that yeah. with movement and everything, um, and then the I'm trying to remember which it was the Lost in the Dam uh, downloadable content uh-huh. for I want to say GTA Four. Okay, 
and maybe some pedestrian stuff for GTA 4. Mm -hmm. And then for Red Dead Redemption Undead Nightmare. Oh, that's a cool expansion. I was the Sasquatch. Wow. (laughs) And if you know uh, Grand Theft Auto, there's like this rumor that there was a Sasquatch out in the wilds. Mm In one of the in San Andreas, right? One of the early right. games. So, so it's like an Easter egg tie-in. It's an Easter egg, but then they That's bring re, they brought me back for the Easter egg in GTA Five. <laughs> so if you video games and role playing as an extension of role playing <laughs> games have gotten so big now that they're doing meta jokes within each other, calling back other things. That's so, so the Sasquatch didn't exist in G, in Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. They put into Lost in the Damned, I'm not Lost in the Damned, into Undead Nightmare as a mythical beast. Redemption, well. And I played him as the mythical beast. And then for five, they brought me back. And it is the last mission to 100% the game. Wow. So we were talking That's about quite that. An we honor. got full circle. That's wow. quite an honor. Very big honor. That's that is arc. that is like all that the OCD people arc. know you, yeah. basically. <laughs> and they bring him back as a furry, a guy who's out there. Tell me, say that he's again. A furry. Yeah. He's <laughs> fetishizing being the Sasquatch. <laughs> um, he's a Sasquatch fetishist. <laughs> and so I'm out there and doing I some of the dialogue from Undead Nightmare, and then some of like. Then you see me unmasked in a Sasquatch suit. So that was obviously most. Do you helpful. remember any of your lines as a Sasquatch? Do you have? Did you have lines as a Sasquatch? Mostly grow. No, I had lines, but the lines they they drop my voice an octave, so it won't sound the same. Uh, wow, I mean your voice is already pretty low. So yeah, like, so they dropped it like uh, what was it? I'm the last of my kind. Oh wow! Okay, <laughs> shoot me, human, shoot me. Oh, oh very good. <laughs> I want to bring Joel in to play the Sasquatch as an yes. NPC. Um, I, well, we have to we have to wrap up now because everybody's, everybody's pointing their the fingers signal. at me. But but Joel, I wanted to um, I just wanted to thank you for coming. I hope you'll come back again when it's time to promote uh, Tiger Tiger the the Joe Exotic movie. Yeah, if they let me back talk in more from about Australia. I'll do yeah. that then, sure. Yeah. Uh, just don't bring any bananas, you know, with you off the plane. It's so weird. Anyway, we'll talk be, about that. Like, but, be, you know, it's really like it's really you're one of the first people in my house in like in like 16 months. So like it's really really good to see you. Well, like I really nice I'm like you. so glad you're here. Thank you know? for having me here. Yeah. Maybe All we right. can talk for like five minutes after this. Thing. We can. I would we love can that. Hang, yeah. 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 Great. Let's do it. Okay. Let's cool. Uh, this episode's most D and D song ever is. Princes of the Universe by Queen from the movie Highlander. You can check that out on our Spotify playlist, and you can find us on Instagram at bardquest underscore empire. And on Twitter at bardquestE. Bardquest Empire is well, produced I, I by... Was, oh, I, what are you doing? I was saying something. I, uh, let's, let's try it again. Bardquest <clears throat> Bard Empire is produced by Bang and Tara Bang and Zach Murphy. Executive produced by Jessica Blank. Theme song by Tasha Blank. Sound effects provided by Darren West. I'm Eric Jensen. I'm Fager L. Casey. Thank you for joining us on... Bardquest Bard Empire. Empire! Little schmaltz. Now that's really... Yeah. I...